Hopefully you guys had a, a nice, fun, and safe 4th of July this last week. I know I did. I enjoyed watching people blow off hundreds and thousands of dollars and blowing off none myself. I just got to watch and enjoy it. My son asked me, Dad, are we going to buy any fireworks this year? And I was like, you can buy fireworks if you want. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to watch other people. And it's like, same here. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Last week was amazing. We had over 20 people baptized with the barbecues and baptisms. It was awesome. And uh, we talked about uh, being sons and daughters, that that is what is our identity, not sinners, but our identity is sons and daughters uh, based on our faith and acceptance of what Jesus did on the cross, solely on that, just faith and acceptance of what Jesus did on the cross. So today, we're going to be talking about a new way. But before we do that, let's just pray and ask God to come and prepare our hearts to receive. So Lord Father, we ask that you would do just that, that you would prepare our hearts and our minds right now, Lord God, that you give us spiritual ears to hear and hearts to receive, Lord God, what you want to do in us and through us today, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to be talking about a new way today, a new way to think, a new way to live. And so if there's a new way to do something, that means that there was an old way to do something. 1 John 3, 4 through 10 says, Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him there is no sin. So Jesus came to take away sins. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous, meaning Jesus, as Jesus is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason... The Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. We talked about last week how our faith and acceptance of what Jesus did um, made us a son and daughter by a rebirth, a born of the Spirit. We've been born of God. So, because we have been born of God, by this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil? Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So if you're born of God, you should be acting like, like it. If you're not, are you really born of God? Interesting question. So... As I stated last week, that does not mean, though, if you make a mistake, you go back to square one. We all make mistakes, but it's all on what is your heart set on? What are you wanting to do? Practice is a sinful life. Practicing sin, a sinful life, is rejecting God's saving grace. But just making a mistake... And then repenting doesn't negate your status as a son and daughter. 
for those of you who know me, I said this first service, but as I grew up, and I thank God so much for continuing to change me, he's still doing an amazing work on me, and I need lots of work. Um, but there was a, a regular Jimmy, and then there was a baseball Jimmy. And they were vastly different people. <laughs> there was a mellow kid, didn't care about a whole lot or let much bother him. And then there was a baseball Jimmy that when he stepped in between the lines, there was a fire in his eye and don't get in his way because he'll rip you to shreds to, to attain the goal of winning. <laughs> I thank God that he's been working on me and uh, has, has worked a lot on me in that. But there was this one instance, one occasion that was worse than all the rest. I was uh, playing in a softball tournament and things weren't going my way. Shame, shame. <laughs> and things weren't going my way and uh, I was getting very frustrated and very upset and I thought it was, you know, you know it was always the umpire's fault. For those of you who play baseball, it was the umpire's fault, yeah. Um, and I got very upset and I started, ended up, I, I lost it. I started yelling at people, screaming at people, uh, throwing things and I, I yelled and, and screamed at the person who put on the tournament and uh, then they, uh, they kicked me out of the tournament. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> but um, after that, I went home and I was like, why did I do that? That was, that was so wrong. And um, so I recognized that and I called back the uh, director of this tournament, and I said, I'm so sorry. Would you please forgive me for screaming at you and telling you all these things? And uh, he said, you know, I've conducted a lot of these tournaments before, like, and I've had a lot of people scream and yell at me and go on their, their merry way. You're the first person who's called and apologized for, for that. So he said, thank you. So I made a mistake. I owned up to my mistake. I recognized it was a mistake. And I apologized for it. And it actually had an impact on his life. Like, he recognized, oh, wait a second. This isn't normal, or this isn't how people have treated me in the past. They usually felt justified, you know, in them being mad at me because the tournament was, wasn't run the proper way according to their liking and to their benefit. <laughs> but he said, thank you for, for calling me. So I made a mistake. So practicing sin is not sinning in of itself. We all sin. We all make mistakes. But practicing sin means that's what you make a habit of. Practice is the customary, habitual, or expected procedure or way of doing something. You know, like, this is how I operate. This is always how I've operated. I'm just going to continue to operate like that, and it'll be okay. Jesus is not a special sauce or special, special seasoning that you can sprinkle over your life, sprinkle over your situation, and think that'll make it all better. Bad food is still bad food, even if you put a certain spice on it. <laughs> it's unhealthy for you. You can't sprinkle a little, I don't know. My wife was just talking about this the other day. There used to be this thing that you'd sprinkle on your food and make you not fat. Well, it doesn't work like that. 
If you eat bad food, it's going to make you fat. It's going to make you unhealthy. If you live an unhealthy lifestyle, you sprinkling little Jesus on it isn't going to make you healthy. So it's, is it a habit? Is it a practice or not? Romans 6, 12 through 18 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from life from death to life. And your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. You're not under the law, but under grace. Speaking of, okay, so if we're under grace, God's forgiven us. That means we can kind of just do whatever we want, and God's given us grace, and he's forgiven us. No. What then? Are we to sin because we are under, not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Do, not, do you not know that if you present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. We are going to be a slave regardless of what it is. Either a slave of sin, our own selfish desires, or of God. You will serve one or the other. What do you choose to sin? Now, this serving sin, all of us can say that there's a weight to it. There's a heaviness to it. But Jesus came not to just save you from, or not just to forgive you of sin, but to save you from it. How did I write it? Jesus came to save you from sin, not just to forgive you of it he wants to take that burden sin is heavy it's weighty you walk around you feel condemned what jesus says because we're going to serve somebody jesus says hey all of you who are heavy or burdened and heavy laden come to me and take upon you my yoke my burden which my burden is light what i give you what i've called you to be a slave of, which is righteousness or a servant of, is light, it's easy, it's joyful. Second Peter 2.22 says, What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. So don't go back to the old way of doing things. You've been set free from that. Have you ever seen a dog eat its own puke? <laughs> Or its own poop. It's disgusting. <laughs> so don't do that. There is a way that you live. There is a way that you thought. And it was disgusting. Don't do that. Don't go back to it. Have you ever tried something and you thought to yourself, man, where's this been all my life? This is so good. I'm not going back to the old way. Don't go back to the old way. Like, Box mac and, mac and cheese. 
Some of you may still like boxed mac and cheese. I just had a little bit the other day when my son made it. I was like, this is not food. (laughs) And you read the ingredients on the box, and you're like, yeah, this is not food. (laughs) I'm not going to waste my calories on this. (laughs) Me and my wife discovered good coffee a few years ago. And sorry, it is not Starbucks. (laughs) We are coffee snobs. Yes, good coffee is here at Harbor City Church. They do an amazing job, yep. Um, But uh, a few years ago, uh, we went on a family vacation down the Oregon coast. And like on vacation, you indulge a little bit, you spend a little bit more money than you usually would. And we were stopping at different spots and, and getting some good food at different areas. And we stopped at, I think it was Depot Bay. And in this place is right on the ocean and, and known uh, for its seafood, like kind of uh, worldwide known. And there was this little spot. It was this, this crab shack. And I was like, I want to I go there. So I asked my son, hey, do you want to come and, and have some crab with me for lunch? And it was expensive, so um, it was kind of a... Uh, a one-time treat, and uh, my son is uh, hesitant to try new things, and he's like, I don't know, Dad, what if I don't like it? It's like, yeah, if, if you don't like it, I'll buy you something else somewhere else. I'll go get you your box mac and cheese down, you know, <laughs> down at the grocery store or whatever. <laughs> um, but I also enticed him. I was like, hey, if you come with me, I'll get you a root beer, and he really liked root beer. So it's like, okay, I'll, I'll come. And this place, it... Uh, it was fresh, like as fresh as it can come. Like it was caught that morning and cooked right there on the spot. Uh, and so I was excited about it. My, my son was a little bit hesitant. So we got our meal and we're sitting down and he kind of looks at it and just kind of with this question in his mind, it's like, ah, do I really want to do this? And finally he goes for it and he takes a bite and he looks at me. He's like, that's really good. He's <laughs> like, Yeah. And uh, we get done with it. He's like, um, can we get some more? He's like, I don't have enough money to <laughs> get some more right now. And I was just asking him this the other day. I was like, okay, Logan, if you had a choice between box mac and cheese and crab, what would you choose? Crab. Like, immediately. I didn't even have the time to get the question fully out of my mouth. He's like, no, I've, uh, crab is way better than box mac and cheese, Dad. He's like... I'm sorry I don't have enough money for you to eat crab all the time, especially that quality. It's good. But Psalms 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. I want you guys to taste and see that he's so much better than your past life, than your past decisions, than your past choices that you won't even desire that anymore. And unlike, you know, in the natural realm where I don't have enough money to buy my son crab all the time, there's no limit to what you can consume in God. You can continually, daily, moment by moment, go and get more and taste more and experience more. He's good. God's presence is better than all the world. Anything that you've ever experienced, he's so good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ephesians 4, 21 through 24 says, Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. 
think most of us can say that we've heard of him. We've heard of Jesus. We are taught that he died. He rose again to save us from our sins, to forgive us from our sins. So as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Our flesh will lie to you. Satan will lie to you. Just, just go back. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Go ahead. No, it should, it should pale in comparison. Don't go back to the corrupt mindset, to the corrupt lifestyle. And be to renewed and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in the true righteousness and holiness. Just put on that new self that God gave you, that code of righteousness that he gave you, again, that he gave you. Now that you're a son, you're a daughter. So our lives as sons and daughters of Christ should reflect Christ. We should start to look like him. A lot of people tell me that my son looks like me. A lot of people tell me that I look like my dad. I actually just had this the other night when I was at um, Calder, Calder uh, Luff's baseball game. Somebody saw, saw my son before seeing me, and he's like, I bet you that's Jimmy's kid. And then she saw me, and she's like, I, you know what? I knew that had to be your kid. It looks so much like you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, people should say that about us with Jesus. They look like Jesus talk like Jesus. That's got to be God's kid. That's got to be God's son. That's got to be God's daughter. They act differently. They talk differently. They think differently. We can choose to be like Jesus. My son doesn't have a choice. He looks like me, regardless if he wants to or not. People are going to say that the rest of his life. Oh, you look so much like your dad. Yeah, thanks. My dad's ugly. Not true. At least that's what my wife tells me. (laughs) But we should look like Jesus. So, it seems like a lot of pressure. We need to get rid of this old life. We need to stop doing the things we were doing. Like, I got a lot of things to clean up. Man, I got to get going. That seems like a lot of pressure that's put on us to do these things. But it's not so. Because we can't clean up our lives on our own. You can try, and you might succeed for a time, but you will eventually get tired and weary and just go back to what was comfortable and known. You can't do it on your own. You will wear yourself out. So it's not by your power, but it's by God's power. And if you keep your eyes and your hearts on him, he will change you. If you spend time with Jesus, you will end up looking like him. The more time you spend around somebody, you end up looking like like them. That's why married people just start looking like each other after like so many years of marriage. <laughs> uh, yeah. Romans 8, 1 through 5 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. You can't do it on your own. The law says, make yourself good. Jesus says, come to me and I'll do the work. 
By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemns sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. See, it's a mindset. What are you focused on? We can live from the tree, and I said this last week, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We can live with the the tree of knowledge of good and evil living, which means you live according to, okay, don't do bad things. Okay, don't do that thing that I did. Don't do bad things, and I'll be good. And do good things. Yes, I'll do good things, and if I do good things, then I'll feel better about who I am and better about my life. But if I do bad things, then I will be condemned, and I, I will just feel bad. So don't do bad. Do good. That's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And if you do bad, you're condemned. What do I say? If you do good in your mind, you get kind of like this self-righteous feeling. And God says that all of our righteousness is but dirty rags. So you say, I do good. Well, sorry, you do bad. (laughs) According to his righteousness and glory. So you either condemn yourself or you get this false sense of righteousness living that way. Or we can live with tree of life living, tree of life thinking, which says, I love you, God. I want to be with you. And I want to I do what you are calling me to do. And getting away from the actions to the person of Jesus Christ and that relationship. He will lead you into right living. 1 Peter 2, 25 says, For you were straying like sheep, but now, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Your past life, you were doing your own thing, going your own way, or so you thought, but you were really living uh, a, sin, a sinful life, living for sin But now return to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Let him guide and direct. Pastor Cameron, a couple weeks ago, was preaching from Psalms 23, which says um, in verse 3, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He's the good shepherd. He will lead you. And you don't need to worry. Like, I can't do that bad thing again. Got to do that good thing. No, God, what do you want me to do? Everything that he leads you into is good, is righteous. Everything that he leads you into is good and is righteous. John 16, 13 says, When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. The spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. He will guide you. He's a guide. So we just need to focus on him. Tree of life living. And it's so much much more refreshing to live that way. As As it said, when you live that way, as it says 
in Romans again, uh, 8 verse 1, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You remain in him, there's no condemnation. I made a mistake, that's okay. I forgive you. We're working on that. I have a about a thousand square foot patio and uh, about every three or four years I need to pressure wash it to get the grime, the yuck off of it. How many pressure wash? It's so so satisfying to pressure wash. You just watch it come right off. It's so, I don't know, just so satisfying to watch it. I wish the rest of life was like that. But... Um, and I used, and because my patio is so big, I have to do it in like sections. I have to work on like if I, I look at the the whole project, the whole patio, I kind of get overwhelmed. Like ah, uh, that's gonna take a long time. So I just gotta okay, let's just let's focus on this corner and okay, and then get that one done about an hour later, and I work on to the next section, work on to the next section, and then on to the next. Jesus is the same way with us. We would like to. Say, okay, God, snap your fingers. I'm miraculously perfect right now. He's like, that's not how we're going to do this. He's <laughs> like, we're going to do some pressure washing, and we're going to start over here. And it's going to take some time, and it's going to be a process, but that's okay. Usually, most of the time, I will actually say that God chooses a corner of our lives that we wish he would have started with last or went to last (laughs) god let's not start over here let's come over here it's a little bit easier not as dirty maybe a little bit more easy access no we're gonna we're gonna start over in this area i don't want to i want you to it's gonna be good we'll get it clean you just trust him trust him to to clean and to make him like you and it'll probably take longer than you're expecting and in the process you'll probably hear that that voice from Satan say look how long it's taking for that place to get cleaned up you should be on step four by now why are you still on step one well if your eyes are on Jesus and you're trusting him to clean that you can actually just tell Satan well don't talk to me talk to the one who's doing the cleaning and you can say, shut up, Satan. I'm, I'm getting made new. I'm getting made righteous. Jesus is doing the cleaning. And he'll slowly do that. Philippians 1.6 again says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So when you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, surrender to him you give him that access you give him that pressure washer and say okay god go ahead start doing that we need to continue to remind ourselves that that's what we did god i surrender you can do what you want you can clean the areas that you want and the timing that you want and you trust him that he will complete it he started it because we didn't start it he did and he will complete it. A lot of times, I don't know, we think it's our responsibility to finish what he started. (laughs) Okay, God, you started it. Now it's my responsibility to clean up all these areas of my life. Why? Did Did I tell you to do that? 
No, no, I just felt like that was the right thing. Who, who told you to do that? Come to me. Let me do the work. It'll be much easier on you. Less condemnation, more freedom, more joy, more peace. So the focus is, or where is your focus is the key. Is it your past life? Is it not doing your past life? Or is it Jesus? Focus should be Jesus. You should taste and see that he is good. And you should find and see that he's cleaning you and making you more like him. So I think you got with your notes today. Um, it's called the first 15 or the surrender prayer. And if you didn't get it, I think there was only a limited amount printed out. If you didn't get it, go to the Connection Center and say, hey, I want, it. I want this emailed to me. But this is a prayer that just says, God, take control. I, sur I surrender to you. I want to let you do what you do best in making me like you so that we can be his kids, his sons and daughters that look like Jesus. And you relinquish that control. And I encourage you to do that each and every day, to get up in the morning and start your day with God. Set your sights on him. Set your focus on him. Say, God, I can't do it in my own power, which we can. So I surrender to you and I let you do it in your power. I encourage you guys to do that first thing in the morning. Before you get your cup of coffee, whatever. First thing you do in the morning, wake up, pray the prayer, surrender to him, and let him continue the process which he started. And our only responsibility in that is to keep focusing on him. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. I want to give an opportunity today, if you are here and you haven't started that process, you haven't given your life to Christ, you haven't surrendered or relinquished control to him yet to have him do the cleaning. And if you want to make that decision today and you want to let go of that burden of sin in that past life and you want to take upon you the burden of Christ, which is life, which is joy, which is peace, if that's the decision that you want to make today, with every head bowed and eye closed, I want to just ask you right now, if that's you, could you just raise your hand at me? Can I know, so I know who I'm praying with. Is there anybody here like that? Or maybe you made that decision at one point, and you're like, I need to rededicate my life. I, re I need to re-surrender once again. If that's you this morning, is there anybody here like that? Thank you. Thank you, I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you. All right, we're going to pray this prayer together. Now, again, this is not some magic words, but if you believe in your heart, what you confess with your mouth, then you allow Jesus to come in to forgive you, to save you, to free you, and to begin to change you. So let's say this together. Father God, thank you for loving me so much that you sent your son to die for me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for forgiving me of my sin and saving me of my sin. Today, 
I commit my life to you. I surrender. I want you to be my king. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. It's the best decision you can make. And that decision you need to remind yourself of gives Christ uh, authority, gives him permission to clean you up. And to just to remember to focus on him and he will do it. Trust him. He's the good shepherd. He leads into all truth. He leads into all righteousness. Let's worship as we close.